head to the tune that sticks in me Just like a wartime novelty Tied to machines that make me be Cut this life off from me Hold my breath as I wish more dear Oh please God wake me Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We got a fun-filled episode today. Of course, we have to start with the Oakland Athletics and their little run that they went on. They had a a seven-game win streak, and then that fell apart last night when they lost to the Rays. But, you know, if it's going to fall to any team, it might as well be the Rays, right? Um, But, Tom, how are you doing? How are you feeling about the Oakland Athletics? Going good. Uh, I feel like we are witnessing some sort of history here. Um, I feel like Oakland, this, this run that they just went on, uh, I don't. I don't think many people would have expected them to do this, and they played some pretty good teams in this run too. Um, I mean, when you're the worst team in baseball, any team is better than you. Um, so you, he, they were the uh, underdog for everything. I think a one hundred dollar bet on every game would have stockpiled to like sixty five thousand um, dollars. It's ironic because they're going to Vegas where all the money. Okay. Um, but the point is. I don't know if I would consider this reverse boycott a success or not. Uh, I think it definitely brought the press to Oakland, which they definitely needed. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I, I think like 27,000 people showed up. That's about about, about average for uh, like the bottom half of league. Like I, I like for, for, for reference, the Dodgers, the Yankees, St. Louis, they all pulled in 40 or above 40K or more per game. On average, obviously this is a smaller market team, but twenty-seven thousand on average—that's less than they're, they would they would place around eighteenth. And right now, in terms of attendance, they're last; they're dead last at nine thousand a game. Um, uh, I was trying to look up because I know somewhere that I saw like their average comparatively to. Here's what I'm talking baseball. Hold on. It was like their average to what they normally or to what it was then. And like their average was like seven, like not even 7,000, I think. And they had 27,000 there the other night, which, you know, I mean, you are right. But on the same token, it's Oakland. And like it was all like it it was packed and it was very loud. Like they I think in the fifth inning, the first batter of the fifth inning, they were not going to say anything. And they all everyone in the stands remained quiet. And then sell the team chance broke out immediately after, right? So, yeah. I mean, I think it was a success for what it was supposed to be. And that wasn't really supposed to be anything crazy. It was to show that they are in support of Oakland. It's just the management's terrible, right? I mean, yeah. And for reference, um, I'm looking back to the last time they actually were a competitive ball club in 2019. Um they were pulling in 20k, uh, 20.5 thousand fans on average per game. Um, now they're pulling in less than half of that. So, um, clearly there's a difference. I don't think fans want to come see games that are not competitive like now. I mean, you get what you put in, and they're not putting in anything to this team. Um, I just don't know. Um, do you think it? Do you think it made as much of a statement uh, as I you you would have thought? I didn't think it was going to make that much of a statement. I thought it was going to be they were going to show out and be like, we're supportive. And they are supportive fan base. The Oakland fan base is very supportive, especially since that's their only team left. They don't have any other teams, right? Um, So it it sucks. 
but they need some move. And I thought they've needed to move for a while now, and it's just finally happening. Um, and honestly, I think I think the boycott went well. The reverse boycott, I guess, went well until the very end when they decided to throw trash on the field. I think that was just, I think that was not a good look for that Oakland fan base, right? Uh, I mean, I understand, I understand the hate and discontent that they have, a hundred percent, but. I mean, metaphorically, the owner's been throwing trash at the fans for years now, uh, and this is finally their chance to get back at them. And I mean, it, you 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 saw the videos. You're on Instagram. You see the videos of that 2019 postseason run. The whole crowd was was packed. I'm a little bit disappointed that they only pulled in 27,000 when the capacity in Oakland, the Coliseum, is like the most in all of baseball because it was obviously a football stadium. Um, thought they could have pulled in some more fans for that boycott, but I'm not sure how how well they marketed it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what all is open. I don't think they've fully opened the Coliseum. Yeah, I mean it's a very low quality stadium as well. Um, it really came down to the problem of getting a new stadium for Oakland, and uh, one place was willing to use taxpayer money, and one wasn't. I still think it's very messed up, and I still think Oakland deserves a team. Um, I think says you disagree on this. I think Brad will agree with me though. Uh, Oakland is still a baseball city to me. I think Oakland deserves a team. I just think the combination of the management and the fans right now, they don't need one. So the management's not very, very helpful. And the um, the fan base isn't really that good either. The Top to bottom, the franchise as a whole has just kind of fallen to pieces in the last three, four years. Uh, I mean, three, four years, yeah. But, I mean, you can argue that, I mean, Oakland's Oakland's been towards the bottom. Um, but they're not usually the bottom. They're usually hovering around the 25th spot in attendance. And granted, that's that's the lower side of things, but they are always beaten out by the Marlins for the worst, um, you know, sh- uh, showing of fans, uh, except for this season. I mean, and, and it's funny because Miami is actually in the playoffs right now, and they only average 2,000 more fans than Oakland. And th- this is this year. Miami's, I think, like six games over 500. They're in the wild card, and they are pulling in two thousand more fans a game than my than Oakland. It, it's uh, quite bizarre to me. Well, um, since since you bring up since you bring up Miami, do you think they should move to Orlando? Because I know that's discussions, or at least an expansion team or something like that. What do you think about that? The thing is, I don't know if if baseball in Florida necessarily works out. Because if if there's a sports city in Florida, it's probably Miami. I feel like Miami has the best sports teams in all of Florida. They got the Heat, they got the Dolphins, and they got the Marlins, and the Panthers. I think believe play there. <laughs> this guy just said the Dolphins. Oh man, that's a that must be a reference. Or something. Uh, um, but the point is, Miami probably beats out Tampa Bay, Orlando, Messi. Um, yeah, they have Messi now. It's and it's and don't give me it's a, it's a newer stadium. It's on the newer side, and it's not a unappealing stadium. It's not yeah, it's not an unappealing stadium to me. Um. I just don't think the fans there really care. Um, it seems like Florida people. I'm not no no insult to Florida people, but they're a lot more laid back. Um, seems like they're not as interested in going to games. So I I think if the franchise moves to Orlando, I think it'll be a lot better, right? Because I think I think we talked about this off air, but I with like the ability to like because what's else what else is in Orlando? the Disney parks, the the magic, the um, Universal Studios parks, right? So you go to that, right? You go to 
at Disney, go to Disney for like a week. And one of those days you can probably go to an Orlando magic game or the Orlando baseball team. Right. It, it just kind of it, it fit in better with a lot of that tourist because Miami, right. You have to specifically be going to Miami to catch a Marlins game or something like that. I, I don't know about that. Um, Cause the Orlando magic are uh, still a very small market team. Um, they don't really pull in that many fans, do they? I mean, I, I think in terms of oh, attendance, look that up. Look that up because I, I don't think that's going to fix your problem. Um, and honestly, you saw Miami in the World Baseball Classic. There is a potential. I think there's a lot of people around that area that are willing to go watch baseball games. It's just, you know, I, I don't understand. They're I mean, middle they're putting... of the pack, Tom. So they're, I mean, fi- they're... they're literally 15. Okay, I mean, but they're putting they're putting good players out there. Miami is at least they're doing what Oakland's not doing. They're 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 trying to win, um, and their result is only two point five thousand more fans. Um, so it does raise the problem. Uh, that you know, GM. I mean, owners can do whatever they want. They can not spend any money and still pull in enough fans and enough money, or they can try and put a good uh, team out on the field and end up like Miami. But I don't know if, if going to Vegas is going to fix anything. Uh, and I think it's time to expand anyways. So I don't see why they don't just add an expansion team to Las Vegas. I think I think the MLB is the, the, the organization that needs to expand the second most. I think NBA is the most. but NBA is the most, but I think MLB is very close behind. There's too much baseball talent that doesn't crack the major league roster. And I honestly think there's a couple cities that really deserve it. Uh, and it's honestly a good segment into what Bryce Harper talked about the other day, a Las Vegas native who said Las Vegas I mean, the Oakland should not move to Las Vegas. They should be considered an expansion team. Um, and I was talking to Stez about this earlier um, about how in the football league NFL, uh, the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens. And then the Browns came back and they were the Browns again. My, 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 proposal is that the a's leave oakland go to las vegas become a completely different franchise every stat begins there your franchise just began it's a brand new franchise and then if oakland decides to reopen a team or you know expand um in a few years if things get better their oakland franchise history will stay with them like maybe i mean if you consider expos and um expos history as nats history you know what i'm saying uh, I would say it's more like the Senators, right? Yeah, that's like the yeah. Nat. The Senators moved to or are now the Twins, and we are still kind of along. We still kind of claim the Senators' history as well as Minnesota claims the Senators' history, right? Yeah. Um, Harper said that he feels sorry for the fans in Oakland. It's just not right. Uh, they have so much history in Oakland. You're taking a team out of a city. I'm I'm pretty sad because of all of the history and all its greatness they've seen there. And, I mean, he's right. There's a lot of history in Oakland. Oakland is a very, very historic franchise. But on the same token, I don't I, – I think it's time for them to move. I agree with you. If Boyd there and, and then someone else wants to pick up and move them to Oakland and pick up an expansion team in Oakland, then let's do that. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, I, I was watching the um... – the uh, Golden Knights win the the Stanley Cup, and uh, the fans were all on their phones. They, there was no one, like, actually cheering. It was, like, the most disappointing end to a season. And I just 
don't necessarily trust Vegas fans to come out and watch these games or at least be loyal fans. Um, it's as so much as Oakland has been to them. Seems fair. Um, yeah, that's definitely fair. Uh, but I did. Did you see the what the owner said when he got the team in 2017? He was like, playoffs in three years and then Stanley Cup in six. She was pretty spot on. I mean, yeah, they kind of fleeced everyone in that uh that draft though. That was a, they kind that of was just, a really good draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I mean I'm kind of excited to see a new franchise, new stadium, new culture, I guess. But I'm kind of heartbroken. Uh I've always rooted for the A's. You know, they're always they've always been underdogs. But now we kind of have exposed them for not being underdogs and being one of the richer franchises in baseball or rich richer owners. Uh, who have just decided to play the victim all these years. So do I think that Oakland should move to Las Vegas? Maybe. But do I think they should keep their owner? No. No, I do not think they should keep their owner. Their owner's an idiot. Um, I have absolutely no respect for him at all. Um, but with that, you have any final thoughts on this this Oakland uh, drama? Nah, I mean, if they can keep, if they can go on spurts like this, maybe they won't be the worst team in baseball. And right now they're better than the Kansas City Royals, which is shocking to say the least. Yeah, that is, that is depressing. Um, But I mean, who knows? They could go on another skid. They definitely, definitely have that potential, but it seems like they've had some motivation recently. And I think that's doing part to the, the fans that have helped them in Oakland. Stevs, I'm looking at you. Um. The fans are good, Stevs. While there's not many of them, they are loyal to the team. Um, I, and I agree with that. Yeah. All right, we're going to make a quick cut uh, until our next section. Uh, we'll be right back. All right, so I saw a Twitter post from Jeff Pass, and he, he said basically that the the Mets and the Padres have been mediocre, and it's been disappointing, but there's no team that comes – as close as the St. Louis Cardinals in terms of downright disappointment. Their disaster, five straight losses, a 27-42 and 42 record, the worst in the National League, better than only Oakland and Kansas City. That's not competition, because you're in competition with the Washington Nationals right there. That's not that's not where you want to be in, the, in terms of the National League, right? So I posed the question, what are our top three AL and NL disappointments? So Tom, what are you what are you feeling for? Let's go with the American League first. So what are you feeling for the American League? So I think for the American League, um, you can't say any AL East team. That those teams are all off the board. Hundred percent. Um, the two teams I want to point out first are the Guardians and the Mariners. Those two are the obvious ones to me. Uh, Cleveland was top ten in offensive WAR last season. They're now twenty seventh in offensive WAR. Um. Seattle went from ninth in offensive war to 20th in offensive war. Uh, but they are currently the best pitching team in baseball, according to uh, pitching war. Um, those two teams uh, were both forces to be reckoned with on offense. And now they have seemingly disappeared this season. Um, I, I have a feeling that this isn't going to stick. And it's such a bad division in the AL central. I have a feeling that the guardians will make it. Um, but I'm starting to lose hope on this Mariners team. They have so much star power on it, but they just are not putting it together. Uh, so what do you think it says? Who's the third team? I just really like Minnesota. I don't think they're going to falter enough where the Guardians are going to be able to catch them. They've been faltering, Steve. They've been they've been faltering a lot, man. They, I don't know. They've been four – they're four and six in their last ten. But so, I don't know. I, I think I, – I still think I'm going to – right as of right now, I'm going to take the Twins right now. 
Okay. Um, I have an idea for the third team. I'm curious if you agree with me because this was a team we knew was going to be bad, but we didn't know they were going to be this bad. We we hinted at them earlier. It's the Kansas City Royals, who have the worst record in all of baseball. Um, I don't know how this is possible. I, I don't know how this is I mean, we had the A's having the worst record of all time in our projections. And they are on pace for it still. Um, but you know who else is on pace for it? The Royals. <laughs> Why are they so bad, Stevs? Give me give me so, an insight. I have a I have a feeling they're gonna be very Detroit Tigers esque, right? Like Detroit was abysmal to say the least last year, and they're kind of they're not good this year, but they're kind of riding that ship and and kind of this is what we expected their season to be last year, right? I, th- I have a feeling Kansas City's gonna that's gonna be Kansas City this year. Like they're next year, they're kind of gonna be what we were expecting this year. But I think just with the new coaching staff and trying to get everything together, I just didn't think it, it happened at the right time. And I think it resulted in poor offense to start off the season. And I'm not and necessarily I'm not I'm not necessarily disappointed in their pitching. I think it's just the offense that is the worst in baseball. Yes. Let me look at their pitching. I mean they're twenty third in pitching war and um twenty ninth in offensive war. The Colorado Rockies almost have negative offensive war uh, as a team. Let's let's put that in perspective. As a team, Colorado Rockies almost below a win above replacement. Um, that is that would be historical, I think. Um, but we're talking about the Royals here. Uh, bad on both sides of the ball this season, and I think I have to include them because honestly, the AL has been very good. The Angels, Astros, Rangers, Twins, the entire AL East have all been very good, and I feel like the only teams you can really talk about. Are, I mean, you could talk about the whole AL Central being horrible, like we thought they would be. Or we could talk about some surprises, like the Mariners um, and the uh, Guardians. I would say the only the only other team I would say, as far as uh, like disappointments, would be the White Sox. But even yeah. them, I didn't expect them to be very good this year, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I feel like I feel like the AL is a lot easier to distinguish between who's having like a disappointing season and who's having a non-disappointing season. But the NL is so much more balanced across the board. I mean, there's the three teams that Passon uh, mentioned, and I think he's correct that it's the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Padres as the most disappointing like teams. Those, yeah, those are the three NL. But, let, but let's, no, let's wipe them off the board. Let's wipe off the obvious ones and talk about three teams that are even more disappointing. I'm going to start with the Cubs because you guys were talking about the Cubs at the beginning of the season. You thought they were going to finish. Hold, the- all right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, let me double check Tom's on this. Steps. Let me double check on this. Uh, but yeah. their schedule coming up, right, is they have – they're four and a half games back from, from first, right? They have the Pirates for four games. They have the Pirates for one game, then the Orioles, and then the Pirates again for, for three more. Then they go to St. Louis. Those are all – maybe not the Baltimore series, very winnable games. If they can, because they have a chance to sweep the Pirates tonight. And if they can do that and and sweep the Pirates again, I definitely think they are going to be knocking at the door to win. I, do I think they're a playoff contender? Like once they get in the play, if they get into the playoffs, that they're going to win anything? Not at all. But do I think they have an opportunity to get to the Pirates? Yes. I, I think the NL Central is so bad that I think even the Cardinals still have a chance to make the playoffs. I literally think that the I Cardinals think the Cardinals do. I, I'm still putting the Cardinals in contention just because of how bad this division is. There was a point where they, they had lost like 20 straight games as a division. And I'm just, I'm it's not even surprised. Um, they, so hold on. I, this, St. This, Louis has lost five in a row. Milwaukee's lost six and Pittsburgh has lost two. 
the best team in this division is two games over 500. And, and that's, that says a lot. Um, and it also says that this division is up for grabs from anyone. And I don't think that the Reds or the Cubs are going to be the ones to do it. I don't know what, what's going on with the Cardinals. Um, they could be big sellers, but I also feel like they're building something in there. I don't know how, uh, Arenado has been coming back. Well, um, pitching has been horrible. Pitching has been re- really, ba- I'm saying like really bad. Um, we can look at that right now, actually. Um, let's see, where are they? What? Um, uh, mind. uh, they're, they're 12th in pitching war and 10th in batting war. Who? Which the Cardinals. Yet they are the second, third worst team in the league. I'm telling you, the regression to the mean, Stevs. I'm telling you, this team. Oh, they have a negative 13 run differential. That's not bad for the record, Stevs. If you see a, what is it, 29 and 42, 27 and 42, you'd or expect the run differential. That run differential, you'd expect it to be in the 70s, the negative 70s. It being that low, that means they're losing close games. If they have a top 10 offense and a top 15 pitching core, they should not be the third worst team in baseball. And I, I really, I don't know how they continue letting this happen to them, but the stats don't lie, Stevs. This team is, is decent on both sides of the ball, at least above the 50th percentile. They should be at least 500, but the fact that they're 27 and 42 says a lot, says a lot about how they're playing, but it should also say that you can't rule them out yet. Don't so rule them out. I'm going to start. I'm just, I'm not really in that, but I'm going to throw this back to Brad's question that he proposed like a, a month and a half ago. When does Yachty get the call as manager? When do they fire Ollie? And when does, when does Yachty get the call? I don't know. Um, I next think it's more, of a, it's more of a next this season. Is a, it's a very badly built team, a very bad, badly built roster. I mean, you have a very good, um, I, I was looking at this earlier cause I was curious, um, you know what was the problem with this team and i was looking at percentiles and we'll take a look at this really quick um i was looking and none of their starting pitchers are good um none of them are good um but the bullpen's fine uh and it's like it's like we mentioned this it's like we talked about how the cardinals have are not going to succeed without a good starting rotation so matthew livator has been one of the worst pitchers in baseball um Jordan Montgomery's been uh, probably a five type of guy, but he's actually like the second pitcher in the rotation. Jack Flaherty, give up on him. Uh, Miles Michaelis has decided to retire early. Uh, Adam Wainwright showing why he should have retired. Um, this is the worst starting rotation in baseball. Um, but at the same time, you're getting great performances from this bullpen. Uh, Andre Pallante, Chris Stratton, Jordan Hicks, Drew Verhagen, and Ryan Helsley. That's a good bullpen. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, Gallegos has forgotten how to pitch, but um, the bullpen's good. And if only they had addressed the pitching, the starting pitching problem, this team would not be where they are now. You look at their batters. They're also above the 50th percentile in everything. There are three starters on this team that are below the 50th percentile and in, in expected level. And that should say a lot about what, what's wrong with this team. Um, and I really do believe that if they, they get some starting pitching, do you think this team could be the first ever buyers at like 10 games below 500? Like, I don't expect them to be 10 games below 500 by the time the trade deadline comes, but this is starting to get unbelievable at this point. I don't, I hate the Cardinals, but like, this is like the biggest bag fumble I've ever seen from a, from a major league roster. I mean, this is a very well-built team. 
to uh, uh, until 2021, and then they just decided to throw it away. And I, I don't know what's happening with them. I'm trying to look. Um, free agents. Um, Steps, there's not many good free agents. I'm not going to lie. I mean, they could go for Marcus Stroman. But... No, 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 no. So they'll lose Wainwright, Montgomery, and Flaherty. They're all unrestricted free agents. Good. Paul DeYoung. What? Good. Let them go. Let, let them yeah. all go. Uh, Paul DeYoung has a club option. And then Chris Stratton, Drew Verhagen, Jordan Hicks, and Corey Spangenberg. Uh, they, they're all unrestricted free agents as well. Like So they're not really going to lose anybody. The core is there for a while. Right? They absolutely fleeced the Rockies in the Nolan Arenado trade. They got Paul Goldschmidt on a contract. I don't know how long that is, but he's been playing like an MVP. Um, and as we saw from the, um, you know, they have standings. Goldschmidt through next year. This was the year they were next supposed to win. This is the year. I mean, they went on and got Wilson Contreras. That did not solve any problems. You were still going to have a top 10 offense in baseball. You were supposed to go get pitching this offseason. But for some reason, they decided to go with, Wilson Contreras, who, granted, is not a bad player. He's been playing fine. Um, but is it making a difference for him? No, clearly it's not. Um, I would have gone out and gotten a – then again, actually looking back, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but, you know, I thought Carlos Rodon was one of the best offseason targets you could get, and he hasn't pitched a single inning this season. So uh, free agents are risky, but the Cardinals are – I don't know. They have, they have Arenado till 26 no, – 27, 27. Yeah, Aaron is on a long-term deal. Um, but I feel like I that's enough about – that's enough from our Cardinals ran. I mean, this team is just poorly run, and they only need starting pitching. That is all they need. Um, I just – I mean, do you have any final thoughts on the Cardinals before we talk about the Mets and the Padres? I mean, not really. Do do we want to really cover the Mets and the Padres? I feel like it's going to take 45 hours. I mean, we could just talk about how the Mets have the uh, 29th pitching war. Uh, they have less pitching war than the Washington Nationals. Steph's giving something to the screen. Fish bump. Bang. Um, so the Nats are better than the Mets in pitching. Uh, and in the hitting department, they're not much better. They are still um, – we're going we're gonna to find them. They're 13. Um, and when you're the second-worst pitching team in baseball, it's uh, it's not going not gonna to pan out very well. And as for the Padres, they're actually – I think pitching well right now. They're sixth in off in uh in pitching war. So offense. It is the offense. We, we talked we talked about it a lot. We it's gotta be a coaching. Be never coaching, mind. Right? No, never mind, never mind, never mind. This Padres have ninth in offensive war somehow. So they're ninth in offensive war and sixth in pitching war. This is another instance of a team that I think is going to regress to the mean and find a spot in the playoffs, Des. Um I had sent this message the other day when we did find out um well, when when the Giants won the other day, um, I think the NL wild card could literally just be the NL West teams. Whether it's, you, you know, you know who we're not talking about. We're not talking about the Rockies. We're talking about the Diamondbacks, the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Well, those three teams should be in the wild card because, and if anyone's going to falter, wait, 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 who? Right now, Stevs, look at the look at the wild card chase. You cannot tell me that you think that um, uh, what's it called? that the Marlins are going to stick in contention, that you think uh, the Pirates are going to stick in contention. I think that the Padres will you... find a way. Okay. Says, allow me to say don't, it. Don't you dare say it. I'm going to say it. Are you ready? The NL wild card will be the Dodgers, then the Padres. Dramatic pause for effect. 
and the Giants. Yep. And Steph, yeah. it's not that out of the picture. Look at who else is there. Milwaukee's not going to do anything. If anyone's going to sneak in, it might be Philadelphia, but they've been playing they've been playing better as of recently, but their pitching is still horrible. If they're going to go out and do something they're at the deadline, they might have the last 10. I know. Um, Cincinnati's not going to do anything. The Mets, I, I honestly have no hope for this team. Um, that's just poor roster construction. They're just they they have like a bunch of ancient men on their roster and it's just not gonna work. Um if there's, I'm not very threatened out here by the other teams. I think the NL West will kind of rule the wild card this season. And if you disagree, you're just wrong, Steph. Um, and San Diego says San Diego. Uh-huh. San Diego has a positive 27 run differential. Um, that's the same as the Giants, but they have two and a half less wins than us. So, what do you all think? I hear when you say that, all I hear is just your Giants bias. I'm gonna be honest. It's not. I mean, do it's I really fully- not. Do do I fully disagree with you? No, but you literally just like Miami's gonna fall off a cliff. I've been predicting Miami to fall off a cliff the whole season, and they haven't yet. So, well, I predicted them to be above five hundred, and look at that. You guys both predicted them to finish with like sixty nine wins. Nice. Um, so I I don't. I think this is another e- extremely uh, W Tom moment. But San Francisco has been playing better as of recently. You remember how bad Taylor and Tyler Rogers started? It was just Taylor started off. He's now one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, if we're looking at Giants pitchers, um, most of their strength comes from the relievers, actually, which is what we struggled with at the beginning of the season. Um, it's actually all relievers. The first five pitchers in expected Woba are all relievers, which says something about our bullpen, but I mean, which says something about our starting pitching. But honestly, the Giants could be someone that go out at the deadline and go get a starting pitcher. Um, I wouldn't see it as out of the picture. I don't think, I don't think there's any chance we win the West at this point. Um, the Diamondbacks look unstoppable, and if the Giants, if the Dodgers get hot again, they might just be taking that as well. But we're we're standing up on our own, Stevs, and I, for the first time, I'm actually feeling a little confident in this team. Uh, and the fact that we have almost a positive 30 run differential is a little reassuring at this point in the season. Um, and I mean, obviously the, the two most recent injuries in J.D. Davis and Mitch Hanniger do hurt a lot. Um, I still think I still think we can manage. What do you think about that, Steve? That that's an opinion. No, I can't fully disagree with you, but I want to. So we're gonna move on to the next topic, which uh, so I saw this this article uh on Baseball Savant. Uh, it was by by MLB, and it's six under the radar hitters with a rare blend of skills. Most it's just pretty much barrel rate and contact rate. But here here are the six players, Tom. Ready? You got Kbet Ruiz. You got Lamont Wade Jr. You got Zach McKinstry, Josh Naylor, Max Kepler, and Rowdy. T- How do you say it, Tom? Gonna, it's Rowdy Tellez. Um, it's Rowdy. God, Steph, it's, that's what it's I Rowdy said, Tellez. didn't I? You said Tellez last time. Nah, Rowdy Tellez, okay? So, my question is, which, let, let's do three. You can buy stock in three. Which three of them are you buying stock in? Let's, um, let's start from the top, okay? Um, let me just go through here one more time and make sure I have all my players. Um, okay. All right, let's start with let's start with um not Lamont. Let's start with K Bear Ruiz. Um says go ahead, go ahead and give me your uh at least give me your reason before you uh explain why. What you just said this Oh wait, sorry, says you know what I'm saying. 
Pick a no, guy. I, I really don't. Are well, you buying uh, or selling Gabriel Ruiz? Oh, I'm buying Gabriel Ruiz, obviously. Uh, he's only gotten better since he got or since he's gotten into the starting position in Washington. This says he's in C66th percentile in barrel rate, 98th in contact rate. He's under the hood. Let me actually double check his under the hood stats before. No, so I here's, here's under the, the hood. The under the hood's good. It looks terrible. It's good. Yeah. It, no, his under the hood is, is good. The problem is, his under the hood has always been pretty good. But the problem is, the under the hood has never translated to the field. I mean, and, and I'll, well, I'll talk about this in a little bit with Max Kepler as well, because he's also this, a similar prototype and a guy that always has good peripherals but bad actual field stats. I'm starting to think that this guy just defies the metrics. There's no way every season his batting average is like 30 or 40 ticks less than is expected. If this happens every What's season. What's his expected? It's like 291. It's the top 8% of the league. It's it's crazy. Um, he's, and batting, he's, batting he's batting 230, 230 currently. Seven home runs, 47 hits, and 204 at-bats. I mean, he's he seems to be a good contact bat, and that might pan out it, it, what he's doing, but you can't be a good contact bat that doesn't strike out while also not having a high batting average. I mean, the prototype is, is like a guy, a little slap hitter, like a Luis Arias type of guy. Doesn't strike out, doesn't swing and miss, hits the ball very frequently. KB Ruiz doesn't strike out, doesn't, doesn't swing and miss. at the wrong he just, spots. He might, but that seems, seems to be what he's been doing for a while. I mean, you look back at 2022, his peripherals were still pretty good. His expected batting average last season was 277. And I let me see what he finished with last year. It was 251. So... Another another underperforming season where his expected Woba was 30 ticks higher. And this season, it's almost 70 ticks higher. I think it is 70 ticks higher. So um, is that a good thing for the future of KB Ruiz? Probably, but I don't, I don't know what kind of prototype this is. He's not really a contact guy because he doesn't get on base that often. He doesn't, well, he doesn't he, get a lot of hits. Like He's supposed to be a power archetype, but he's just the not. power really hasn't. <laughs> shown so far he had the one power surgeon in, in in los angeles this year um at the end of may when they went to to play the dodgers but yeah i mean so not, far he's panning out like a slap hitter doesn't hit the ball hard hard hit rate in the 11th percentile average exit velocity in the 33rd percentile doesn't walk which i don't really like that much it, I, I i don't know what he's trying to be if he if he actually like was a slap hitter prototype, he'd be batting like 290 with like an OPS of like 750. But, and those those are some stats that Brad will not like, but he's not here, so he doesn't have to know about that. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like this is this is a strange prototype because I don't know if it's ever going to work out because he doesn't have the power to be a power guy. He doesn't have the contact to be a contact guy. So he's just kind of picking something in between and it's not really working for him so thus far in terms of actual- You know what needs value. to happen? We need to fire the coaching staff. Darren okay. Cole is he's yeah, over. Probably. Anyways, let's hit the Lamont Wade Jr. First baseman for the Giants, Tom. You you know what? This is your guy. You you talk to me about it. Well, did you did you buy in on Kaber? I'm still buying in on Kaber. I sold Kaber. He's gone. You know who I am buying in on those steps? You're not gonna believe it. His name is Lamont Wade Jr. Um, <laughs> and he is having quite a breakout season um thus far. Um, I've always liked him. He's always been more of a platoon guy. Never really had a full season of work under his belt, but now he is. And this is this is what K Bear wants to be. Um, a guy that doesn't chase very often, doesn't swing and miss, but also hits the ball more and over the fence more often as well. And he walks like a lot. 
I think he beats league in all in all. I mean, he has league one league. more home run. Yep, that's right. He's in the top one percent walk uh, percentage. His expected woba and his actual woba are right on par with each other. Um, only a point zero zero three difference. Um, and it seems like Lamont is not really slowing down. He's been doing well this month. I, I like him. Um, I think he might pan out to be a guy with a lower expected batting average, more of a power and uh, walk threat, like a Max Muncy type of guy. Um, but I, I'm not complaining yeah. about that. He's been very, he's been very valuable to this Giants team this year, a team that is, uh, 36 and 32 steps. Uh, are you buying in on him or selling on him? Don't say it. He's going to be my hard one because I'm buying in on the next guy. And then there's one other guy I'm 50, 50 on. I'm going to hold, we're, we're going to talk about the other guy and then okay. I'll make my decision, but I am going to buy in on Zach McKinstry. Uh, I, I mean, we've talked about him a bunch so far throughout the season, but he's kind of had a coming of age type of story in Detroit this year after getting out of Los Angeles. Um, and he, nothing really is super crazy under the hood. Like he's just, he's just very consistent under the hood on everything. 98th percentile on arm strength plays decent enough. He plays good defense and he hits the ball well at a high enough clip. That's been 250 on the year. 732 OPS. I would like to see that a couple clicks higher, but I mean, I, I think he gives you a little bit of everything. A very, very Detroit. I I don't know what to do about this guy because I just talked about a guy with under the hood stats that aren't really translating. But this is the first season I've really seen from Zach McKinstry. I mean, it's probably the first we've all really seen like consistent playing time from. Um, and his peripherals are great. Um, his on the field stats are not. Um, if you had looked at his on-the-field stats, you'd, you'd probably think he's about a, a 50th percentile guy, maybe even lower than that. Um, I am curious uh, if he can keep this up. I I don't know whether to buy or sell on this guy, to be honest. Um, but I, I'm selling. I'm actually selling. I don't – I'm selling because I only have two more buys, and I'm wasting them. I'm, I'm using them on other guys. Um, and I need to see it for longer. and. It's not translating. The peripherals are not translating right now. Stevs, you said you're buying on this guy. What's his expected average? 280. It's only 30 clicks. I'm still going to buy in on him. That's all right, Steve. But I'm buying the next guy, baby. Josh Naylor has has literally uh, just uh, – he forgot how to bat at the beginning of the season. He was so bad. Uh, and then he was like, I don't want to do that anymore. So now he's been good. Um, Josh Naylor – in the last month has completely turned a season around. Uh, we can look at his March stats, May stat, April, a April, he batted 208. Um, and since then he's been batting, you know, 293 this, this month he's batting 419. That's, that's pretty good. Um, his power has come back seemingly. So I, I like what I'm seeing here. And this is a guy last season that was, um, you know, in that conversation for a breakout star. Um, and I think that this season he's building upon last season, and I feel like he's just been getting better, uh, and, and he has in terms of peripherals as well. So I think that moving forward, I, I like Josh Naylor. Uh, there was point, there was talks at one point at the beginning of the season where people wanted Josh Naylor out of Cleveland because he's playing so bad, and I was like, you're very quick to give up on him. I mean, he's 25. Um, so I, I like this guy, especially for the future. Good power threat. Doesn't strike out at all. That fits that that Guardians uh, motto. Uh, just don't strike out. Doesn't swing and miss very often. Uh, and he plays good defense at first. I I am absolutely buying this guy. 
Steve, what do you got on this one? Make some fair arguments, but I'm not going to buy on, on what? him. What? Uh, I would like his chase rate to be better. It's only in the fifth percentile in chase rate. Um, so just look at the whiff. He doesn't swing and miss, though. He doesn't swing and miss. Wait, chases. Yeah, but he, he makes contact with those balls, though, out of the zone. It's fair, I guess. But I am going to buy stock, I think, in Max Kepler. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you Oh, no. Yes. Steve, uh, oh, my goodness. Let's just let's just go over to Max Kepler. Steph, go ahead and go, give, give me your spiel. Hold on. Yeah, let me, give me two seconds. I got to pull up this baseball reference. It's just, it's just, I, I don't know. I'm buying in on Minnesota this year, man. I don't know what it is. All right, if you're not going to go for batting five, average, his, he's batting, batting batting average. He's batting one ninety three. Says this guy is a what is it? Chronic. He was over- born in Germany. Yes, chronic overperformer. Come to this realization. I mean, underperformer. He's a chronic underperformer. His his saver metrics are always great. We talked about this last year. We talked about this in our outfielder rate rankings. Remember this when we were talking about. Why are Max Kapler's Max Max Kapler's why Max, why are, Max Kapler? Why is Max Cap Stabs? You're messing me up. Why is Max <laughs> Kapler's peripherals so good? It's because he does this every year. Like in 2022, let's just go through some of the general ones. His outs above average were great, but we'll talk about the expected wOBA in the 74th percentile, expected batting average in the 80th percentile, high exit velo, and last season he finished batting. 227 with an OPS at 666. Um, that's not good, um, especially for a guy with insane peripherals in 2022. And now in 2023 with decent peripherals, he's still bad. So why are you buying on him, Stevs? Max Kepler is a chronic underperformer. I will say it again. Stevs, go ahead. Speak your truth. And my truth is absolute. Nah. I, I was honestly just looking through, and I wanted to just say I was buying in on him because he was the guy I was debating between and see your reaction. Uh, and you bid on it, which worked perfectly. Uh, you got some good sound bites there. Uh, but I, I will take Lamont Wade Jr. over him. Um, I have my whole Mix Kapler. I have Mix, my whole Mix rant. Kapler. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, and then that leaves the last guy's Rowdy Telez. Uh, he's just there. He's, he's getting rowdy, dude. Hold on. Let me, let me look rowdy. at him. I, I just I can't know. pick rowdy. I'm, I'm not going to buy stock in him for the rest of his career. Just look you at him. will me. I love rowdy. He hits the ball very hard. And he's been doing this. He hits nukes. He hits nukes with with uh, with uh Minnesota. Or, wait, what? He's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Steph, go. it's, it's time to retire. Um, He, he led the team in home runs last long. season. Um. He had – his expected stuff was better than his actual stuff last year, and that was in a 35-home run season. Um, this season, obviously, taking a step back with um, getting on base. But even now, he's still got the power three. He's got 12 home runs. He's on pace for something around a 29-home run season. Uh, and that's probably what you're going to get from Rowdy Tellez for the rest of his career, probably about a 30-home run threat type of guy. Um, and he seems to have this raw power that not a lot of the other players uh, have, so – those are my three guys. I'm buying Rowdy Telez, Josh Nader. Did you look at under the hood? And Lamont. Yes, Stevs. Yes, I did. I'm just checking. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm going to just... I, 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 yeah, I'm not going to... I mean, under the hood, not very good. Over the hood, 
he hits the crap out of the ball, I guess. Yep. On average, he does not hit the ball very hard, Tom. And I don't know. I just I'm not gonna buy stock in a guy that's betting two thirty one and not having anything over the hood or under the hood looking very good. Okay, doesn't seem fair. No, it doesn't seem fair. Free rowdy. No, but I I, I think we're we're, we're right on. To, so give your give your three guys that you bought in. Uh, I believe I came through with Zach McKinstry, uh, Lamont Wade Jr. and K. Bet Ruiz. First so three. pretty pretty different list. Um, to wrap. It I went up, with the younger guys. Yeah, I went with uh guys I think will be good for another couple seasons. That's fair, and I think that's fair. Um, but with that, I think that'll wrap it up for today. I hope you guys enjoy, and if you did, please leave a like. Please comment down below. Let us know anything you guys liked, didn't like, anything in between. Uh, go check out all of our social media platforms. We got TikTok, we got Instagram, we got Twitter. Trying to get active on those again. It's hard. We're young and stupid, right? But we're getting there. Um, but if you guys did enjoy it, we'll see you guys next time uh, on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace. Steve!